Welcome to Stemming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha, a podcast for and about women of color in STEM. These women are brave, beautiful, and brilliant. Their stories deserve and need to be heard. Their voice strong, their message clear, their experiences priceless. Now let's welcome this wonderful winning woman of color to the show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Stimming in Stilettos with Dr. Tasha. And this week, we have another fabulous guest. We have Miss um, Shamika White on the show, and she is an engineer. She's going to tell you her story. So she's an engineer, so you guys know I have a special place in my heart for engineers because I'm an engineer. Um, but she's going to tell you her STEM story. So um, first, I want to welcome Shamika to the show. So hi. Thank you so much. Thank you for allowing me to be here with you today. I can't even, well, thank you for agreeing, first off, but I can't even tell you how happy um, I am just to have you on the show. Um, like I said, I have, I'm I'm partial to engineers because I'm an engineer. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, we're special people. And, yes, we are. Um, and, and people need to know that. They just, they just need to know that. So um, as we do with every show, Shamika, tell us your STEM story. Okay. Well, I was born and raised in Brooklyn, New York in the 90s. I lived in New York for about 19 years until I started college in Connecticut. So my love and passion for STEM really developed around graduation and after college. So in my younger years, I've always attended uh, gifted and talented schools. I went to a gifted and talented um, junior high school where my main focus there was music and singing. Mm -hmm. Um, Graduated from there and uh, went to high school at Midwood High School in Brooklyn. Um, I entered the school um, in their zone program uh, since I lived in that area. And then during my sophomore year, I was able to move into their math and science program. Um, My senior year, I was able to take some AP courses. I took AP physics and AP math. And this was pretty much my introduction to any type of college course. I didn't do so well, but I made it through. (laughs) And then now towards the end of senior year, you know, we're getting ready for prom. Everyone's talking about where they're going. Um, for college and me, I didn't really consider college. It wasn't something that was talked about, you know, with my parents. They didn't push me to go to college. And I always had it in the back of my mind that college was something I couldn't really afford. Mm-hmm. So I just figured, okay, I can't go. But um had a conversation with my mom and she had said that they were thinking about moving to Connecticut. And with that, I ended up doing an application to the University of Hartford um, for their biomedical engineering program. Now, I chose this school solely because their application was free. Mm. (laughs) So like I said, I didn't think we could afford it. So I um, did their application and got in and was actually offered somewhat of a partial scholarship there. And I did accept it and um, ended up deferring my first semester. So during that time, I worked as a hairdresser. I was working at a braiding shop for about four or five months. And then I started at college um, during the spring semester. 
So, but working there actually allowed me to, you know, get, get a couple of dollars in my pocket. And mm-hmm. this is what I did. Um, even on my weekends, I couldn't afford books. So what I did was set up appointments with my clients and I would uh, take the bus back from Connecticut to Brooklyn, like every weekend to braid my clients hair. Um, so fast forward to graduation now. And I thought, you know, I thought if you did everything right, you went to college, you graduated, mm-hmm. you got a job. And I just mm-hmm. thought that was how it worked. Mm-hmm. So for me, it didn't work out quite that way. <laughs> it took me about four years um, to find a job in my field. Wow. I had worked. Yeah, I had worked um, throughout college. I started working like um, in the cafeteria. Um, and then I worked full time at a hospital nearby. But finding a job in something that I could, would consider myself successful in was hard. Mm-hmm. I constantly did interviews. Uh, you know, I went to conventions, tried to network, tried to meet people and just nothing panned out for me. Um, in 2013, I had my son in 2013. I was still working at the hospital. And in 2014, I actually ended up in the hospital for a little while because I started um, having seizures. So I developed epilepsy, which pretty much came out of nowhere for me. Mm -hmm. But with that, it led me to a place where not really depression, but I was really doubting like where where my career was going to go at this point in time. So I was. I couldn't. I consider myself kind of stuck where I was for a little while. I stopped doing applications and was kind of just going with the flow. And then my first quote unquote uh, corporate America job was at a large medical device company mm-hmm. here in Connecticut, uh, pretty much the largest medical device company in the world, uh, Medtronic. Um, and I was there for a little under two years. And towards the end of that experience, I ended up on a team with one other male employee and my supervisor chose to micromanage me. And this was my first time dealing with a situation like this, where I felt like I was penalized unfairly and I was treated differently than other team members. Once I hit my year mark at this company, I had a conversation with my supervisor and I let her know like, Hey, you know, I have certain skills here that I'm not utilizing in this position. And being that I was at such a large company, I thought that it was great to have other opportunities that I can go after. Mm -hmm. So I had this conversation with her and it didn't work out that well for me. She made it very difficult. (laughs) And I am just assuming that it was because I was vocal about wanting more and wanting to pursue other companies. Right, right. Or other opportunities within the company. Um, At that point, I was the only Black female on this team. Mm -hmm. And I started to feel like I was looked over for other opportunities as well. So I moved to another company. And I was at... Hold on, hold on. I got a question. So your supervisor was this... It was a white lady? It was hmm yeah okay. I yeah. just wanted we have <laughs> yeah I need to yeah. clarify <laughs> <laughs> it was um so after that job I moved to another position that was uh closer to home um this one this was um a 3d printing 
a 3D printing company. So mm-hmm. the technology there was amazing. I was able to learn a lot. I was able to, it was a small company. So I was able to play a lot of different roles and have my hands in a lot of different things and work with pretty much everyone. So that worked out for me. I was able to acquire some new skills, some certifications, and just work on a lot of different projects. I was there for three years. And then recently, last year, I moved into a completely different um, industry working with elevators. And now I am a supplier quality engineer. Um, Also last year, I made the decision to go back to school and pursue my master's degree. Um, So I'll be receiving my master's degree in May um, in engineering management. And um, we'll also, after that, be getting an MBA as well. Yay! I'm so happy for you. Congratulations. Thank you. So that's pretty much um, like my story (laughs) right there. So well, no, it's a good story. I mean, and it happens. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, okay, so I have, I have, I've got questions. Yeah. Um, so when you were, so what do you think, what do you contribute to it taking you a, a little bit of time to actually get a job in your field? What, what are your thoughts on why it, it took, took four years? Well, there's a couple of reasons. Um, I think I learned a lot going through interviews. Um, Like I'm a very shy person. I don't do well talking to people. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, each interview that I went to, it enabled me to learn a lot. So I was able to learn more about myself. I was able to portray myself in a different manner each time. Um, Also, there was there came a a time when. there was a position that I was considering. I did an internship um, in this department. And after a while, they posted a position. But I had heard that even though I did the application, even though I did an internship there, I wouldn't be considered because they didn't want to hire any more females in that department. Mm. Right. And that was actually very discouraging because it's like you work so hard and you put yourself in positions where you can kind of stand out a little bit, but still you're just not good enough or not good enough for someone else. Mm -hmm. Um, And there was um, other opportunities, I think just kind of fell through. And when I actually got the job at, um, at Medtronic, I had received a phone call from a recruiter sometime um before then and I took it upon myself to call them back months later and they actually remembered who I was and set Mm. up another interview for me for another opening so that worked out for me very well wow wow Mm -hmm. okay so so going okay so going back to that four years so were you doing hair during that time no, I was actually working at a hospital um, here in Hartford okay. um, as a laboratory assistant during that time. So I worked full time the entire time. It was just I wanted to be an engineer. Right. It's <laughs> a be in an engineer position. Well, I mean, you're 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 an engineer. Yeah, <laughs> you were an engineer then. <laughs> right. Because um, engineering for me has always been um, more of a mindset than an mm-hmm. actual position. Mm-hmm. 
at a company. I mean, of course, you mm-hmm. know, you it it feels like everybody's an engineer at some point, right? Right. Because <laughs> um, it, you know, for for others, there's something about the name or the title of engineer that mm-hmm. that puts you on a certain plane, right, um, or a certain level. Um, so there's that. Um, but we, all, you know, having worked as an engineer, and you know, having worked uh, working in the space, that it's like it's it's the work, it's how you process information, it's um, your mindset when you're approaching projects, and and as a and, you know, since you're getting your master's degree in engineering management, now you know it's like okay, it's really about the processes. <laughs> it's like right, right. What's the one before the two before the three, and, mm-hmm. how, and does it make sense? Yep. You know, so engineering management is a huge part of the story that never gets told. It's always, you know, the the designer um, that, you know, produces something amazing. But Mm -hmm. behind the scenes, there was a whole process to that um, as to how that happened that nobody ever talks about. Right. Yeah. So I'm with it. I'm I I really and. I appreciate I'm appreciative that you have been able to articulate what has happened, mm-hmm. um, especially at the, you know, at the other place that you were, where you know um, that you were being micromanaged. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell the um, tell our audience what sort of like what that was like, if you could put it into words or a word? Mm-hmm. Um, what it felt like in, and, you know, again, or unless you don't want to revisit it, but I mean, it would be helpful if an audience could sort of like, if you could put that experience into a word or a sentence, what would that be? Um, hmm. I'm not sure. <laughs> yeah, I, no, I, get I, never, it. I never, I haven't dealt with that, you know, oh, prior yeah. to that time. Um, it was just, it was difficult to mm. come to terms with why and why it was happening to me. Um, I didn't understand it. And there were um, co-workers who didn't understand it. And um, at that point, um, I think for other people, you know, things happen at work and they're like, I'm going to HR. Or I'm dealing with it this way. And for me, it was like, I don't know how to deal with it. And I'm not going to tell anyone that this is happening to me. Right. So um, in the circumstances, it was, am I being penalized because I, they feel like I don't deserve to be here? Am I being penalized because I'm the only one on the team? with a child? Am I being penalized because, you know, they feel like this is it for me. Like I'm only going to be here and that's, that's all. So they can do whatever they want to you. Right. Right. Where is she going? Right. Right. Got it. Got it. And I thought, I think what you said is, is so interesting. And I, and it has me wondering if that there's, you know, some person, um, some, some young lady listening to the show today or older lady listening to the show, um, wondering the same thing. They're being micromanaged and they're probably being, um, you know, they have microaggressions being perpetrated upon them on a daily basis. And they don't know, they don't know the reasons why they can guess, Mm -hmm. they can speculate, but of course, you know, no one really 
you know, hardly ever. I can't say that it hasn't happened, um, mm-hmm. but it, it no one comes out and says, um, yeah, it's because you're um, you're a minority woman. And like, where are you going? Like this, this is this opportunity is golden. Um, right. And so we know that we we can treat you any old kind of way. And you're not going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, and this is pure speculation on my part. Um, and again, the, this is the world according to Dr. Tasha and nobody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because you, you basically told them or told her like, Hey, um, I have skills. I have talents that are not being utilized. And I'd like the opportunity to do that. I can, I can bet you that that rubbed her the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And so in her mind, that meant that she you know, whether unconsciously or consciously decided that she was, she wasn't, she wasn't too appreciative of those efforts. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and so that's how she, um, that's how she decided to deal with, with what she thought was a transgression of yours. Right. And, and maybe with the thought that you would, you would leave in that way, she wouldn't have to, to, you know, feel some kind of way about what it is you said, even though you were simply stating a desired um, outcome, not that it had to be given to you, you know, but Mm -hmm. it's one thing for you to have these thoughts and feelings and quite another for you to express them to your supervisor whose sole job is yes, to supervise you, but good leadership is in the business of reproducing themselves. Right. And so if she wants more opportunity to learn, grow, um, make mistakes and and learn from those experiences, then a good a good boss will do that for you. Mm-hmm. A good mentor will do that for you. A good sponsor will will be talk will talk about you in rooms that you're not in. Right. And I am I'm so just really angry for you that that was not the experience that you had there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I mean, I am glad that you, you know, so I think one of the lessons that um, some of, some of my, some of folks in my generation, some mm-hmm. a little bit older than you um, <laughs> that we didn't do was that we stayed, we stayed and we right. took that and we didn't know when to leave. And so I'm really proud um, of you for having just saying, you know what, I'm out. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> You're just like, I am out of here and yeah. went to a place where you could grow. Yes. So that was quite, quite lovely. Okay. So at this, so you were at a 3D company? Yes. A 3D printing company. Yeah. That's a, okay. So tell me exactly what you did there. So there I started as, well, my position was a quality administrator. I Mm -hmm. moved up to a quality and regulatory engineer. And my job was, I did a lot of FDA reporting. Mm -hmm. Um, I am a certified quality engineer. Um, Well, quality auditor, sorry. Um, So I do supplier audits. Um, I do a lot of FDA reporting, MDR reporting. So if something's in the field and of course, maybe it fails, right? A medical mm-hmm. device fails. Um, we get reports from the user as to what happened. And I file that report with the FDA to provide them with an explanation, letting them know that, hey, this product failed in this way. Um, I have been supporting the quality function of, of, um, of the company for 
quite some time. I like working quality. So um, process improvements is something that I do, something that I'm, I I think I do pretty well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's something that I enjoy doing, um, uh, maintaining things like control charts. And the, I get to work with a lot of different departments and make changes that um, for the betterment of the company. Um, and that's pretty much what I did there. I, and is that what you're doing now at your current company? Uh, my current company, um, I'm a supplier quality engineer, mm-hmm. so it's a little different because um, mm-hmm. I work directly with suppliers. Mm-hmm. I'm still doing the audits and um, I go through the PPAT process of qualifying um, suppliers. But at my previous company, um, I was able to, because it was a small company, I was able to see everything. So I was able to be on the manufacturing floor. I was able to do inspection. I was able to do testing. I was able to even work with, you know, our accountants. So with that, I feel like I gained so much experience there just to know um, with new product development and and products um, altogether, you know, we see what happens when a product is um, finished, right? Mm So there, I kind of got to see things from from the beginning stages, like, you know, what's the thought process in making this um, product? Why do we make it? How does it work? What is the, the um, what does the end user want this product to do? So I, I got a lot of insights in this company. So I, I really, I'm kind of envious, just, just a tad. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, because I think that, you know, like, so as a, I was a mechanical engineer, which is the broadest of all, all of the engineers, um, but, you know, being and having worked for manufacturing companies on the, on the back end of things where the thing, you know, people just see the thing that shows up, right? Um, mm-hmm. But they don't understand all of the, the mechanisms and the processes and the thought, the thought that has gone into the back end stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like why it's curved at, you know, three degrees. And why, you know, why it has to be just so, why we decided to use, you know, gunmetal aluminum as opposed to, you know, something else. Mm -hmm. Um, All of those things really matter. And so when I think about your job and having, and the role that you would play, even if if it's sort of as um, an overseer of the process, it's that you you do get to see all of the parts and how they all are intertwined together to get from A to Z. Yeah. <laughs> it's yep. like, that is, I just think that's a lovely, lovely process to be able to, mm-hmm. um, though sometimes when you get down in the mire in the muck, it's like, it is not pretty at all. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like, wait, this mm-hmm. is, this is, you're too much. This is too yeah. much. <laughs> okay. So I do, I have another question. So go um, explain to the audience what a certified quality auditor, did I get that right? What yes. they do and how do you get that? Okay. So um, a quality auditor is someone who, so um, for me working in medical devices, there are a ton of regulations and requirements that we have to follow. Um, when it comes to product development, when it comes to manufacturing, testing of products, even packaging product 
to go out the door. So the FDA has um, their, well, we follow thir- um, ISO 13485 in the medical device on field. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that, I'm the person who would go to the supplier and make sure that they're meeting all of these requirements that the FDA says they have to have in order to run their business. So I also, when, if I'm at a company and we get audited by the FDA, I'm also the person who gets to sit in those audits. So mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> who gets to sit in those audits and explain why we do the things that we do. And pretty much you have to go to bat for your company and mm-hmm. just um, pretty much explain that, yes, we are, um, we, we are meeting these requirements and we do things this way um, for whatever reasons, um, the company is doing these processes and it's, it's, it's not at all fun. Audits are never fun. (laughs) It takes, um, a a good amount of prep. Um, and even though sometimes I'm the one that's conducting the audits, I'm sure it's not fun for the supplier either. Um, so in order for me to be certified, I actually, um, took a course and took a test. Um, you can go on to the ASQ website and register to take a test. And um, that's how you get your certification. Got it. Okay. Well, I have learned something today. I didn't even know. I didn't know that that was a, a thing, but I mean, it's really, it's really an important job because of course you mm-hmm. don't want to, you know, when you're, if you're a manufacturer of almost of anything, um, you, there are certain regulations that have to be followed and you want to mm-hmm. make sure that whatever the thing is, is able to do what it's supposed to do, but that it also is meeting safety, you know, safety regulations, safety standards, all of those things. It's yeah. really important. Um, mm-hmm. and it's also one of those jobs that people don't think about. They, right. You know, so I'm mm-hmm. really glad that we're getting the opportunity to talk about it on the show today. Cause this is a, this is an opportunity people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's a, I mean, it's a real opportunity. I mean, this job um, is is happening here. Um, and again, it's in places that we, you don't even think that, you know, that we're probably not even thinking of right now that, that probably has a quality um, auditor because they need mm-hmm. they need to have one. OK, so. What's tell me, so going back to when you were a hairdresser in college. Mm-hmm. Um, were you just, were you, I say just, were you braiding hair? Yes, I was braiding hair. Okay. So what was your, what's your favorite? So, I mean, talking, did you do locks? Are we talking, I mean, did you do crochet braids? Did you do, we're just talking, what are we doing? So that's funny because crochet braids is actually still pretty new, right? So when I was in college, people weren't really doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, so most of my clients, um, when I started braiding hair, they were, um, they were younger. So I was working at a kid's salon. Um, but I've been doing hair for quite some time. Um, I do, I do crochets. I do weaves. I do pretty much all of that. Um, locks as well. Um, yeah, so I have, I've been, and then if there's something that I don't know how to do, I mean, you can, at this point, you can learn how to do everything on YouTube, right? <laughs> we see, I, people tell me that all the time. Mm-hmm. And I will tell you that um, I did try to do my hair. So 
for everybody. I think everybody who's listening to the show knows that I'm I'm a natural girl. So mm-hmm. I've got the frizzy fro, what I call the frizzy fro. Um, but every now and then, um, the frizzy fro will I will throw some braids in the frizzy fro because I'm not yeah. trying to deal with the mm-hmm. frizzy fro. Um, and so I try to do, um, you know, just some just some uh, some knotless braids, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, that did not turn out well. I think I kept those braids in my ha- my hair maybe a day. And then I was like, nope, mm-mm, can't do it. I don't. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. So I've always, and, and I read, you know, not read, but I looked at YouTube, looked at another YouTube. I mean, I was to the point to where even my daughter was like, uh, mom, make a decision, right? <laughs> <laughs> so so um, I've just decided this is, again, me. I've just decided that I will let other people do that and mm-hmm. I will I will pay you handsomely for it. <laughs> it's it's easier. I, I definitely think, agree there. It's definitely easier. It 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 was for me anyway, because I just felt like I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it justice. And of course, you know, the lady in the video, her hair turned out fabulous. It was beautiful. And I'm like, yeah, I got this. Mm-hmm. I don't have this. I don't. <laughs> I don't have this. It's it's I don't have this. So can you give us can you give us um some 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 simple tricks or things that we should or things that we should know if we're gonna if we're gonna attempt to do a we're gonna attempt to do braids in any shape or form. What are some things that we should some basic knowledge that we should know? So um so actually, I recently just launched my natural hair and skin line. Awesome. Um, Tell us all about it. <laughs> so it's called Notes of Beauty, and it's pretty much inspired by my love of music, of course, and the fact that I know there are so many women and young girls who struggle with um, natural hair, natural hair care, and just even starting that journey or they're in that transitioning phase and just trying to figure out things that work um, for their hair. Um, So me, I've been natural for a good, uh, around seven years, around seven years now. I went natural when, um, when I got pregnant with my son and have been natural since then, haven't gone back to the firm at all. Um, But to some advice would be to just be patient really um it's gonna take a while to know to determine what works maybe costly too I know (laughs) there are a lot of women who spend tons of dollars on new products and things like that um and then what works for someone else will not always work for you so yeah. it's a process. You, you're mm-hmm. going to have to take some time to learn your hair, learn what works. Um, and kind of once you find that thing that works, stick to it. Um, when it comes to braiding and protective styling, I encourage that 100%. I like even me right now, I've had the same hairstyle about since December I've just done it over like four times (laughs) and I'm just like I am okay with not doing my hair right now and I only take it out to wash it but I do keep my hair um in a protective style for um anywhere from about four to, to six weeks is best um and then just maintain 
um, try to do what you can to maintain um, length and retain length. And I always tell people moisture is key. Mm -hmm. Moisture is key for if you're trying to grow your hair or you're trying to keep your hair manageable, moisture. How, what do you feel about color? Oh, I, I, I myself haven't played with color, but I feel like coloring your hair just, um, it adds so much personality. I, if you want to color your hair, that is great. I am not against it. It's just that it requires maintenance and care. Yeah. I'm mm -hmm. learning. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning. So for, for the audience, um, you know, if you see pictures of me on social media, um, probably for the next a little bit of time you will see me my hair is burgundy um, mm -hmm. I'm really feeling the color but um and it took me a while to decide what what I was going to do I knew I mm -hmm. wanted to color it um and I knew I wanted to do something fairly bold but I just didn't you know just hadn't I just went to the store and I just said I know it's going to be somewhere in the red family without it being red mm -hmm. um so I chose chose um I think it's called like brilliant burgundy or something. And I, and since my hair is natural, I did, I did a henna um, mm -hmm. color. Um, and it, you know, cause it's, it has the other stuff. Um, it has some really nice qualities and that, um, that do good things for your hair. And mm -hmm. so, and so I, um, it's just, it took a long time. But I'm really, I'm really happy at the color. And I feel like the longer I've kept it in, it's maybe have been in for about two, three weeks now. Mm -hmm. Um, the, you know, so for these two weeks, it's sort of morphed into it was really bright that first week. And I was like, ooh, I might have made a mistake. <laughs> I might have made a mistake here. Mm -hmm. But now I'm like, yeah, like it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It takes a, a, a few days, couple of weeks to get used to it. And you're like, yeah, this is it. <laughs> yeah, that's so I'm like, okay, so um this might be this might be my signature color until mm -hmm. you know until it is not, right? But mm -hmm. right now I'm I'm really I'm really feeling it. So I do though notice that my hair is is I have to make sure that I keep it moisturized. Um yes. so um that's a learning process for me also. Mm -hmm. And I do and and I believe and I can speak from experience when you're saying that when you find, you know, your products and the thing that really works for your hair, mm -hmm. do do that. So I finally yep. settled in on some products that really, really, really um, are working for my hair and doing the things that I want it to do. Mm -hmm. um, to, today is not that day, but normally <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> okay, so Notes of Beauty, um, is, is, has it just launched? Yeah, so um, I started actually making hair care products. I've oh, been doing, wow. Yeah, I've been doing that for a while um, now, just, you know, testing things out um, on myself, trying to find things that work for me. And my son has very thick, coarse hair as well. So I've been using everything on him as well. Um, I officially incorporated um, and became an LSC at the top of this year. And I launched earlier this month earlier I think it was around March 5th was my launch day so yeah I mean I think it's a so I'm happy I'm happy that you're here we need more of you <laughs> um 
I mean, no, seriously, because you know that well, the hair, hair, the hair, the hair care beauty mm-hmm. industry, um, you know, it needs more people who look like us, people who have melanin in their skin and folks mm-hmm. who are who are behind the scenes saying, no, this is what works for our skin. This is what works for our hair. Yeah. Um, we we need more people in that in that space. So I am I am happy and grateful that you are starting down that particular pathway. So it, it's for men and women. Yes. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, last last couple of questions. Tell mm-hmm. us, I mean, because they have a, you know, if people are trying to get in contact with you, if they want to, you know, they want to know what, you know, what you have for them mm-hmm. uh, or you, or they want you to come speak to some, you know, some folks, where can they find you? Um, so I am on LinkedIn as um, just Shamika White on LinkedIn. Um, you can find me on Instagram. My personal Instagram is uh, Shamika Antoinette. And well, my Notes of Beauty <laughs> Instagram is um, notes.of.beauty. Mm-hmm. And that's where you can find me. Awesome. So just for the folks who are listening, these um, her contact, all of her contact information and her bio will be in the show notes, as you guys know. Um, so you can find out all of her inf- You can find her information there, so you don't have to be, you know, furiously writing that down. You don't have to do it. It'll be in the show notes. You just you'll just go there and click, and you will be able to get in contact with her. Okay. So one last question, mm-hmm. and this is the one that we end every show on. And it is, if you could go back in time and talk to your younger self, what advice would you give her and why? Okay. So there's a couple things and maybe it's advice for me and just maybe advice for our listeners as well. So advice for myself would be, um, as I, I think I said earlier, like I'm very, very shy. I am an introvert and, you know, kind of stick to myself sometimes and if I can go back I would definitely tell myself to step out of your comfort zone and to make yourself available to be stretched Mm. Um, and also that it's okay to take a little longer to achieve what you consider success whatever success looks like in your eyes it's okay for it to take longer than your friend did Mm -hmm. or you know than anybody else around you um and to just be patient um if I can just say a few other things Mm -hmm. I used to have a sticky note on my desk that said it was a handwritten sticky note and I left it on my desk for about a year and it just simply said um be bold and be relentless Mm-hmm. And for me, it was, I've always been that, I'm always a go-getter. I'm, I, I know what success looks like to me. And for that be bold, be relentless statement, it was pretty much that there's, there's a few levels to being persistent and being determined. And for me, it was to go after everything that you want, even when others don't understand your journey, they don't understand why you're doing this and do everything that you do with intent Mm. and with a purpose. And that's it. (laughs) No, that was, 
That was lovely <laughs> and thank profound. You. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And so I know some, someone, some listeners, some member of my audience really felt that. And so mm-hmm. thank you for being the one to drive that, drive that, that message home. Thank you. And again, thank you for just agreeing to be just to be a part of the Stemming and Stilettos family. We're family now. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Okay, so you guys, that concludes our um this episode for today. And um, you know, there were all sorts of nuggets all the way through this one. So I hope that you can pick them up. Um, please check out the show notes. And uh, make sure that you get all of her contact, Shamika's contact information. And you guys, I know that we're still in COVID. So by the time you hear this, we will still be in COVID. Hopefully you guys will have gone out to get your vaccine um, if that's what you choose to do. Um, But in the meanwhile, keep yourself safe. Put a mask on if you're going out in um to be or be among other folks. Um, if you're going to work, if you're going to a restaurant, all those things, keep yourselves safe until we meet again. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stemming and Stilettos. Please check out the show notes to get additional information about today's guest or today's topic. You can find the podcast on every major podcast platform. You can find additional information about Dr. Tasha at www.drtasha.com Thanks again and don't forget to tune in every Tuesday for the latest episode of Stemming in Stilettos.